irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You can support Sapphire Planet by visiting the online store at sapphireplanet.com. Welcome. Your journey is just beginning. Entering the Sapphire Planet. You are now in the Sapphire Planet. As a conspiracy theory, the term New World Order, or NWO, refers to the emergence of a totalitarian world government. The common theme in conspiracy theories about a new world order is that a secretive power elite with a globalist agenda is conspiring to eventually rule the world through an authoritarian world government, which will replace sovereign nation-states and an all-encompassing propaganda whose ideology hails the establishment of the new world order as the culmination of history's progress. Significant occurrences in politics and finance are speculated to be orchestrated by an unduly influential cabal that operates through many front organizations. Numerous historical and current events are seen as steps in an ongoing plot to achieve world domination through secret political gatherings and decision-making processes. Before the early 1990s, New World Order conspiracism was limited to two American countercultures, primarily the militantly anti-government right, and secondarily, that part of fundamentalist Christianity concerned with the end-time emergence of the Antichrist. Skeptics observed that right-wing populist conspiracy theories about a New World Order had not only been embraced by many seekers of stigmatized knowledge, but also had seeped into popular culture, thereby inaugurating a period during the late 20th and early 21st century in the United States where people were actively preparing for apocalyptic millennium scenarios. Those political scientists were concerned that mass hysteria could have what they judged to be devastating effects on American political life 
ranging from widespread political alienation to escalating lone wolf terrorism. One of the most ancient of conspiracy theories is the Round Table. During the second half of Britain's imperial century, between the year 1815 and 1914, English-born South African businessman, mining magnate, and politician Cecil Rhodes advocated the British Empire reannexing the United States of America and reforming itself into an imperial federation to bring about hyperpower and lasting world peace. In his first will, written in 1877, at the age of 23, he expressed his wish to fund a secret society known as the Society of Elect that would advance his goal. He wrote, at 23, the following... To and for the establishment, promotion, and development of a secret society, the true aim and object whereof shall be for the extension of British rule throughout the world, the perfecting of a system of emigration from the United Kingdom, and colonialization by British subjects of all lands where the means of livelihood are attainable by energy, labor, and enterprise, and especially the occupation by British settlers of the entire continent of Africa, the Holy Land, and the Valley of the Euphrates, the islands of Cyprus and Candia, and the whole South America, the islands of the Pacific, not heretofore possessed by Great Britain, the whole of the Malay archipelago, the seaboard of China and Japan, and ultimately recovery of the United States of America as an integral part of the British Empire, the inauguration of a system of colonial representation in the Imperial Parliament, which may tend to weld together the disjointed members of the empire and, finally, the foundation of so great a power as to render wars impossible and promote the best interest of humanity. In 1902, the New York Times noted that the following his 1877 will, Rhodes put in, in 1890, put forth the same ideas and set forth the goal that his secret society should work towards gradually absorbing the wealth of the world. Rhodes also concentrated on the Rhodes Scholarship. Yes, he's that, Rhodes, which had British statesman Alfred Milner as one of its trustees. Established in 1902, the original goal of the trust fund was to foster peace among the great powers by creating a sense of fraternity and a shared worldview among future British, American, and German leaders by having enabled them to study for free at the University of Oxford. Milner and British official Lionel George Curtis were the architects of the Roundtable movement, a network of organizations promoting closer union between Britain and its self-governing colonies. To this end, Curtis founded the Royal Institute of International Affairs on June 1919, and with his 1938 book, The Commonwealth of God, began advocating for the creation of an imperial federation that eventually reenacts the U.S. 
which would be presented to Protestant churches as being the work of the Christian God to elicit their support. The Commonwealth Nations was created in 1949, but it would only be a free association of independent states rather than the powerful imperial federation imagined by Rhodes, Milner, and Curtis. On the other hand, the Council on Foreign Relations began in 1917 with a group of New York academics who were asked by President Woodrow Wilson to offer options for the foreign policy of the United States in the interwar period. Originally envisioned as a group of American and British scholars and diplomats, some of whom belonging to the Round Table movement, it was a subsequent group of 108 New York financiers, manufacturers, and international lawyers organized in June 1918 by Nobel Peace Prize recipient and U.S. Secretary of State Eluhu Root that became the Council on Foreign Relations on July 29, 1921. The first of the Council's projects was a quarterly journal launched in September 1922 called Foreign Affairs. The Trilateral Commission was founded in July 1973 at the initiative of American banker David Rockefeller, who was the chairman of the Council on Foreign Relations at that time. It is a private organization established to foster closer cooperation among the United States, Europe, and Japan. The Trilateral Commission is widely seen as a counterpart to the Council on Foreign Relations. In the 1960s, right-wing populist individuals and groups with a producerist worldview, such as members of the John Birch Society, were the first to combine and spread the ultra-conservative business nationalist critique of corporate internationalist network through their think tanks, such as in the Council on Foreign Relations, with a grand conspiracy theory casting them as front organizations for the round table of the Anglo-American establishment, which are financed by an international banking cabal that has supposedly been plotting from the late 19th century on to impose an oligarch new world order through a global financial system. Anti-globalist conspiracy theorists therefore fear that the international bankers are planning to eventually subvert the independence of the U.S., by subordinating national sovereignty to a strengthened bank for international settlements. The research findings of historian Carol Quigley, author of the 1966 book Tragedy and Hope, are taken by both conspiracist theorists of the American old right and the new left to substantiate this view. Even though he argued that the establishment is not involved in a plot to implement a one-world government, but rather British and American benevolent imperialism driven by the mutual interest of economic elites in the United Kingdom and United States. Quigley also argued that although the round table still exists today, its position in influencing the policies of the world leaders has been much reduced from its heyday during World War I and slowly waned after the end of World War II and the Suez Crisis. 
Today, the Roundtable is largely a ginger group designed to consider and gradually influence the policies of the Commonwealth of Nations, but faces strong opposition. Furthermore, in American society after 1965, the problem, according to the Quigley, was that no elite was in charge and acting responsibly. Larry McDonald, the second president of the John Birch Society, and a conservative Democratic member of the United States House of Representatives, who represented the 7th Congressional District of Georgia, wrote a foreword for Allen's 1976 book, The Rockefeller File, which he stated, The drive of the Rockefellers and their allies is to create a one-world government, combining super-capitalism and communism under the same tent, all under their control. Do I mean conspiracy? Yes, I do. I am convinced that there is such a plot, international in scope, generations old in planning, and incredibly evil in intent. In his 2002 autobiography, Memoirs, Rockefeller writes, For more than a century, ideological extremists at either end of the political spectrum have seized upon the well-publicized incidents to attack the Rockefeller family for the inordinate influence they claim we wield over American political and economic institutions. Some even believe we are part of a secret cabal working against the best interests of the United States, characterizing my family and me as internationalists and conspiring with others around the world to build a more integrated global political and economic structure. One world, if you will, If that's the charge, I stand guilty, and I am proud of it. Some argue that the statement is partially facetious, the claim of conspiracy and treason, and partly serious. The desire to encourage trilateral cooperation between the U.S., Europe, and Japan, for example, an ideal that used to be the hallmark of the internationalist wing of the Republican Party known as the Rockefeller Rockefeller Republicans, in honor of Nelson Rockefeller, when there was an internationalist wing. The statement, however, is taken at face value and widely criticized by conspiracy theorists as proof that the Council on Foreign Relations uses its role as the brain trust of American presidents, senators, representatives, to manipulate them into supporting a new world order in the form of a one-world government. On November 13, 2007, in an interview with Canadian journalists Benjamin Fulford, Rockefeller countered, I don't think we really feel that we need a world government. We need governments of the world that work together and collaborate. But I can't imagine that there would be any likelihood or even that it would be desirable to have a single government elected by the people of the world. There have been people ever since I've had any kind of position in the world who have accused me of being a ruler of the world. I have to say that I think for the larger part, I would have to decide to describe them as crackpots. It makes no sense whatsoever and isn't true and won't be true and raise it as a serious issue seems to me irresponsible. Some American social critics 
argue that the Council on Foreign Relations is an imperial brain trust, which has for decades played a central behind-the-scenes role in shaping U.S. foreign policy choices for the post-World War II international order and the Cold War by determining what options show up on the agenda and what options do not even make it to the table. While others argue that it is in fact a mere policy discussion forum for which provides the business input to U.S. foreign policy planning. The latter argue that it has nearly 3,000 members, far too many for secret plans to be kept within the group. All the council does is sponsor discussion groups, debates, and speakers. And as far as being secretive, it's issue, it issues annual reports and allows access to its historical archives. However, all these critics agree that the historical studies of the council show that it has a very different role in the overall power structure than what is claimed by conspiracy theorists. Another type of conspiracy is open conspiracy. In his 1928 book, The Open Conspiracy, British writer and futurist H.G. Wells, yes, that H.G. Wells, promoted cosmopolitanism and offered blueprints for a world revolution and a world brain to establish a technocratic world state and planned economy. Wells warned, however, in his 1940 book, The New World Order, that when the struggle seems to be drifting definitely towards a world social democracy, there may still be very great delays and disappointments before it becomes an efficient and beneficent world system. Countless people will hate the New World Order, be rendered unhappy by the frustrations of their passions and ambitions through its advent, and will die protesting against it. When we attempt to evaluate its promise, we have to bear in mind that the stress of generations or so of malcontents, many of them quite gallant and graceful-looking people. Wells' books were influential in giving a second meaning to the term New World Order, which would only be used by state socialist supporters and anti-communist opponents for generations to come. However, despite the popularity and notoriety of this idea, Wells failed to exert a deeper and more lasting influence because he was unable to concentrate his energies on direct appeal to intelligentsia who would, ultimately, have to coordinate a Wellsonian New World Order. The next one you hear all the time, but did you know when it started? New Age Movement British neo-theosophical occultist Alice Bailey, one of the founders of the so-called New Age Movement, prophesied in 1940 the eventual victory of the Allies in World War II over the Axis powers, which indeed happened in 1945, and the establishment of the Allies of a political and religious New World Order. She saw a federal world government as the culmination of Wells' open conspiracy, but favorably argued that it would be a synarchist because it was guided by the masters of ancient wisdom, intent on preparing humanity for the mystical second coming of Christ, 
and dawning of the age of Aquarius. According to Bailey, a group of ascended masters called the Great White Brotherhood works the inner planes to oversee the transitions to the New World Order, but, for now, the members of this spiritual hierarchy are only known to a few occult scientists with whom they communicate telepathically. But, as the need for their personal involvement in the plan increases, there will be an externalization of hierarchy, and everyone will know their presence on Earth. Bailey's writings, along with American writer Marilyn Ferguson's 1980 book, The Aquarian Conspiracy, contributed to conspiracy theorists of the Christian right wing, the New Age movement as the false religion that would supersede Christianity in the New World Order. Skeptics argued that the term New Age movement is a misnomer, generally used by conspiracy theorists as a catch-all rubric for any New Age religious movement that is not fundamentalist Christian. By this logic, anything that is not Christian is by definition actively and willfully anti-Christian. Paradoxically, since the years 2000, New World Order conspiracism is increasingly being embraced and propagandized by New Age occultists, who are people bored by rationalism and drawn to stigmatized knowledge, such as alternative medicine, astrology, quantum mysticism, spiritualism, and theosophy. The New Age conspiracy theorists, such as the makers of documentary films like Esoteric Agenda, claims that the globalists who plot on behalf of the New World Order are simply misusing occultists for Machiavellian ends, such as adopting December 21, 2012 as the exact date for the establishment of the New World Order for the purpose of taking advantage of the growing 2012 phenomenon, which has its origins in the fringe Mayanist theories of New Age writers. Skeptics argue that the connection of conspiracy theorists and cultists follow from their common fallacious premises. First, any widely accepted belief must be necessarily be false. Second, stigmatized knowledge, what the establishment spurns, must be true. Here's one you might not have heard of, the Fourth Reich. Conspiracy theorists often use the term Fourth Reich as simply a pejorative synonym for the New World Order to imply that its state ideology and government will be similar to Germany's Third Reich. However, some conspiracy theorists use the research findings of American journalists to claim that some American corporations and philanthropic foundations whose complicity was pivotal to the Third Reich's war effort, Nazi, Nazi eugenics, and the Holocaust, are now conspiring to build a Fourth Reich. Conspiracy theorists claim that some ex-Nazis who survived the fall of the Greater German Reich, among with sympathizers in the United States and elsewhere, given haven by organizations like Odessa and Daspan, have been working behind the scenes since the end of World War II 
to enact at least some principles of Nazism. Examples of militarism, imperialism, widespread spying on citizens, on citizens, corporationism, the use of propaganda to manufacture a national consensus into its culture, government, and business worldwide, but primarily in the United States. They cite the influence of ex-Nazi scientists brought under Operation Paperclip to help advance aerospace manufacturing in the United States with technological principles from Nazi UFOs and the acquisition of creation of conglomerates by ex-Nazis and their sympathizers after the war in both Europe and the United States. This neo-Nazi conspiracy is said to be animated by an iron dream in which the American Empire having thwarted the Judo-Masonic conspiracy and overthrown its Zionist occupation government, gradually establishes a Fourth Reich, formerly known as the Western Imperium, a pan-Aryan world empire modeled after Adolf Hitler's New World Order, which revises the decline of the West, which reverses the decline of the West and ushers a golden age of white supremacy. Skeptics argue that conspiracy theorists grossly overestimate the influence of ex-Nazis and neo-Nazis on American society and point out that political repression at home and imperialism abroad have a long history in the United States that predates the 20th century. Some political scientists have expressed concern that the twin forces of democratic deficit and superpower status have paved the way in the U.S. for the emergence of an inverted totalitarianism, which contradicts many principles of Nazism. Another conspiracy theory is alien invasion. Since the late 1970s, extraterrestrials from other habitable planets or parallel dimensions, such as the Greys, and interterrestrials from hollow Earth, such as the reptilians, have been included in the New World Order conspiracy in more or less dominant roles, as in the theories put forward by some writers. The common theme of the conspiracy theories is that the aliens have been among us for decades, centuries, or millennia, but a government covered up enforced by men in black has shielded the public from a knowledge of a secret alien invasion. Motivated by specianism and imperialism, these aliens have been and are secretly manipulating developments and changes in human society in order to more efficiently control and exploit human beings. In some theories, alien infiltrators have shape-shifted into human form and move freely throughout human society even to the point of taking control of command positions in governmental, corporate, and religious institutions, and are now in the final stages of their plan to take over the world. A mythical covert government agency of the United States, codenamed Majestic 12, is often imagined to being the shadow government which collaborates with the alien occupation and permits alien abductions in exchange for assistance in the development and testing of military flying saucers at Area 51 
in order for the United States Armed Forces to achieve full-spectrum dominance. Skeptics who adhere to the psychosocial hypothesis for unidentified flying objects argue that the convergence of New World Order conspiracy theories and UFO conspiracy theories is a product not only the era's widespread mistrust of governments and the popularity of extraterrestrial hypothesis for UFOs, but of the far right and UFOologists actually joining forces. It is noted that the only positive side of this development is that if conspirators are plotting the world or to rule the world and are believed to be aliens, traditional human scapegoats are downgraded or exonerated. Another New World Order conspiracy is called A Brave New World. The Brave New World is anti-science and new Luddite, neo-Luddite conspiracy theorists emphasizing technology forecasting in their New World Order conspiracy theories. They speculate that the global power elite are reactionary modernists pursuing a transhumanist agenda to develop and use human enhancement technologies in order to become a post-human ruling caste, while change accelerates towards the technological singularity, a theorized future point of discontinuity when events will accelerate at such a pace that normal, unenhanced humans will be unable to predict or even understand the rapid changes occurring in the world around them. Conspiracy theorists fear the outcome will either be the emergence of a brave new world like dystopia, a brave new world order, or the extinction of the human species. Democratic transhumanists counter that many influential members of the United States establishment are bioconservatives, strongly opposed to human enhancement, as demonstrated by President Bush's Council on Bioethics proposed international treaty prohibiting human cloning and germline engineering. Furthermore, it is argued that conspiracy theorists underestimate how fringe the transhumanist movement really is. Just as there are several overlapping or conflicting theories among conspiracists about the nature of the New World Order, so are there several beliefs about how its architects and planners will implement it. The first is gradualism. Conspiracy theorists generally speculate that the New World Order is being implemented gradually, citing the formation of the U.S. Federal Reserve System in 1913, the League of Nations in 1919, the International Monetary Fund in 1944, the United Nations in 1945, the World Bank in 1945, the World Health Organization in 1948, the European Union and the Euro currency in 1993, the World Trade Organization in 1998, the African Union in 2002, and the Union of South American Nations in 2008 as major milestones. An increasingly popular conspiracy theory among American right-wing populists is the hypothetical North American Union 
and the Amero currency proposed by the Council on Foreign Relations and its counterparts in Mexico and Canada will be the next milestone in the implementation of the New World Order. The theory holds that a group of shadowy and mostly nameless international elites are planning to replace the federal government of the United States with a transnational government. Therefore, conspiracy theorists believe the borders between Mexico, Canada, and the United States are in the process of being erased, covertly, by a group of globalists whose ultimate goal is to replace national governments in Washington, D.C., Ottawa, and Mexico City with European-style political union and a bloated EU-style bureaucracy. Skeptics argue that the North American Union exists only as a proposal contained in one of a thousand academic or policy papers established each year to advocate all manners of idealistic but ultimately unrealistic approaches to social, economic, and political problems. Most of these are passed around in their own circles and eventually filed away and forgotten by junior staffers in congressional office. Some of these papers, however, become touchstones for the conspiracy-minded and form the basis of all kinds of unfounded xenophobic fears, especially during times of economic anxiety. For example, in March of 2009, as a result of the late 2000 financial crisis, the People's Republic of China and the Russian Federation pressed for urgent consideration of a new international reserve currency and the United Nations Conference on Trade and Development proposed greatly expanding the IMF's special drawing rights. Conspiracy theorists fear these proposals are a call for the U.S. to adopt a single global currency for new world order. Judging that both national governments and global institutions have proven ineffective in addressing worldwide problems that go beyond the capacity of individual nation-states to solve, some political scientists critical of the New World Order conspiracism argue that re- regionalism will be the major force in the coming decades. Pockets of power around the regional centers, Western Europe around Brussels, the Western Hemisphere around Washington, D.C., East Asia around Beijing, and Eastern Europe around Moscow, as such the EU, the Shanghai Corporation Organization, and the G20 will likely become more influential as time progresses. The question is not whether global governance is gradually emerging, but rather how will these regional powers interact with one another. Next is the the time-tested coup d'etat. American right-wing populist conspiracy theorists, especially those who have joined the militia movement in the United States, speculate that the New World Order will be implemented through a dramatic coup d'etat by a secret team using black helicopters in the U.S. and other nation-states to bring about a totalitarian world government controlled by the United Nations and enforced by troops of foreign U.N. peacekeepers. Following the Rex 84 and Operation Grand Plot Plans, this military coup would involve the suspension of the Constitution the imposition of martial law, and the appointment of military commanders to head state and local governments and to detain dissidents. These conspiracy theorists who are all strong believers in a right to keep and bear arms are extremely fearful that passing any gun control legislation 
will be the latter followed by the abolishment of personal gun ownership and a campaign of gun confiscation, and that the refugee camps of emergency management agencies such as FEMA will be used as concentration camps for the internment of suspected subversives, subversives making little effort to distinguish true threats to the new world order from a pacifist dissident. Before the year 2000, some survivalists, survivalists wrongly believed this process would be set in motion by the predicted Y2K problem causing social collapse. Since many left-wing and right-wing conspiracy theorists believe that the September 11 attacks, the 11 attacks were a false flag operation carried out by the United States intelligence community as part of a strategy of tension to justify political repression at home and preemptive war abroad, they have become convinced that a more catastrophic terror incident will be responsible for triggering Executive Director 51 in order to complete the transition to a police state. Skeptics argue that unfounded fears about an imminent or eventual gun ban, military coup, internment, or UN invasion and occupation are rooted in the siege mentality of the American militia movement, but also an apocalyptical millennialism, which provides a basic narrative within the political right in the U.S., claiming that the idealized society, example, constitutional republic, Jeffersonian democracy, Christian nation, is a thwarted by a subversive conspiracies of liberal, secular humanists who want big government and globalists who plot on behalf of the new world order. Our next category is mass surveillance. Conspiracy theorists concerned with surveillance abuse believe the new world order is being implemented by the cult of intelligence at the core of the surveillance industrial complex through mass surveillance and the use of social security numbers, the barcoding of retail goods with the universal product code markings, and most recently, RFID tagging by microchip implants. Claiming that corporations and governments are planning to track every move of consumers and citizens with RFIDs as the latest step towards a 1984-like surveillance state, consumer privacy advocates have become Christian conspiracy theorists who believe spy chips must be resisted because they argue that modern database and communication technologies, coupled with the point-of-sale data capture equipment and sophisticated ID and authentication systems, now make it possible to require a biometrically associated number or mark to make a purchase. They fear that the ability to implement such a system closely resembles the number of the beast prophesied in the book of Revelation. In January 2002, the Information Awareness Office was established by the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, known to you as DARPA, to bring together several DARPA projects focused on applying information technologies to counter 
asymmetric threats to national security. Following the public criticisms that the development and development of these technologies could potentially lead to mass surveillance systems, the IAO was defunded by the United States Congress in 2003. The second source of controversy involved the IAO's original logo, which depicted the all-seeing Eye of Providence atop a pyramid looking down over the globe, accompanied by the Latin phrase, Scientia est potentia, or knowledge is power. Although DARPA eventually removed the logo from its website, it left a lasting impression on privacy advocates. It also inflamed conspiracy theorists who misinterpret the eye and pyramid as the messianic symbol of the Illuminati, an 18th century secret society they speculate continues to exist and is plotting on behalf of the New World Order. American historian Richard Landis, who specializes in the history of apocalypticism, was the co-founder and director of the Center for Millennial Studies at Boston University, argues that the new and emergent technologies often trigger alarmism among millennials and even the introduction of the Gutenberg printing press in 1436 caused waves of ap- thinking, apocalyptic thinking. The year 2000 problem, barcodes and social security numbers all triggered end-time warnings, which either proved to be false or simply were no longer taken seriously once the public became accustomed to these technological changes. Civil libertarians argue that the privatization of surveillance and the rise of the surveillance industrial complex in the United States does raise legitimate concerns about the erosion of privacy. However, skeptics of mass surveillance conspiracism caution that such concerns should be disentangled from secular paranoia about Big Brother or religious hysteria about the Antichrist. Next is occultism. Conspiracy theorists of the Christian right, stating, starting with the British revisionist historians, believe there is an ancient occult conspiracy started by the first mystagogues of the Gnosticism and perpetuated by their alleged esoteric successors, such as the Kabbalists, Cathars, Knights Templar, Hermesists, Rosicrucians, Freemasons, and ultimately, the Illuminati, which seek to subvert the Judeo-Christian foundations of the Western world and implement the New World Order through a one-world religion that prepares the masses to embrace the imperial cult of the Antichrist. More broadly, they speculate that the globalists who plot on behalf of a new world order are directed by an occult agencies of some sort, unknown superiors, spiritual hierarchies, demons, fallen angels, and or Lucifer. They believe that these conspirators use the power of the occult science, such as numerology, symbols such as the Eye of Providence, rituals such as messianic degrees, 
monuments such as the National Mall monuments in Washington, D.C., buildings such as the Manitoba Legislative Building, and facilities such as the Denver International Airport to advance their plot to rule the world. For example, in June 1979, an unknown benefactor under the pseudonym R.C. Christian had a huge granite megalith built in the United States state of Georgia, Georgia, which acts like a compass, calendar, and clock. A message comprising ten guides is inscribed on the occult structure in many languages to serve as instruction for survivors of a doomsday event to establish a more enlightened and sustainable civilization than the one which we've destroyed. The Georgia Guidestones has subsequently become a spiritual and political Rorschach test on which any number of ideas can be imposed. Some New Agers and Neo-Pagans revere it as a leyline power nexus, while a few conspiracy theorists are convinced that they are engraved with New World Order's anti-Christian Ten Commandments. Should the Guidestones survive for centuries as their creators intend, many more meanings could arise, equally unrelated to the designer's original intention. Skeptics argue that the demonization of Western esotericism by conspiracy theorists is rooted in religious intolerance, but also in the same moral panics that have fueled witch trials in the early modern period and the satanic ritual abuse allegations in the United States. Next is population control. Conspiracy theorists believe that the New World Order will also implement through the use of human population control in order to more easily monitor and control the movement of individuals. The means range from stopping the growth of human societies through reproductive health and family planning programs, which promote abstinence, contraception, and abortion, or intentionally reducing the bulk of the world's population through genocides, by mongering unnecessary wars, through plagues, by engineering eminent emergent viruses, and tainting vaccines, and through environmental disasters by controlling the weather. Conspiracy theorists argue that globalists plotting on behalf of a new world order are neo-Malthusians who engage in overpopulation and climate change alarmism in order to create public support for coercive population control and ultimately world government. Agenda 21 is condemned as reconcentrating people into urban areas and depopulating rural ones, or even generating a dystopian novel by Glenn Beck where single-family homes are a distant memory. Skeptics argue that the fear of population control can lead trace back to the traumatic legacy of the eugenics movement, war against the weak in the United States during the first decades of the 20th century, but also the second Red Scare in the U.S. during the late 1940s and 1950s, and to a lesser extent in the 1960s when activists of the far right of American politics routinely opposed public health programs, notably water fluoridation, mass vaccination, 
and mental health services by asserting they were all part of a far-reaching plot to impose a socialist or communist regime. Their views were influenced by oppositions to a number of major social and political changes that had happened in recent years. The growth of internationalism, particularly the United Nations and its programs. The introduction of social welfare provisions, particularly the various programs established by the New Deal and government efforts to reduce inequality in the social structure of the United States of America. Your journey is now ending. You are now leaving the Sapphire Planet. Goodbye from the Sapphire Planet. Own a piece of the planet. Now you can purchase Sapphire Planet merchandise online at sapphireplanet.com.